the scene that I fell out of my chair laughing was when they're in the back of Jason Sudeikis' Uber and they're watching porn <laughs> and he goes, oh, I Cardi? could just plug it in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like, no. The sound. I, I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared. No, not at all. <laughs> Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are the 25-year-old Hawaiian organ donors, Martin and Brady. I'm sorry the Coen brothers don't direct the porn I watch. They're busy. You can make yourself come using only your mind? That's like the one thing my mind can't do. And this week, we finally get back to the funny with two teen coming-of-age comedies, Superbad and Booksmart. Ah, oh, Finally. A little bit of funny. I was like, yeah, let's have a nice, easy summer where we just watch like one movie and uh, maybe it's a comedy. We Instead, we went deep into into Kill Fest and, and three movies with John I mean, Wick. I'm not complaining. I mean, there was it a sounds little... like I'm complaining. I'm not complaining, but I'm happy to. I mean, there was a little bit of blood. <laughs> I had forgotten about that scene. Um, so, yeah, we're, of course, talking about Superbad. <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah i told that that part was uh there <laughs> this movie's just it's it's got a lot of funny <laughs> it, it definitely if you're gonna bring some fun back to it we dipped into uh an all-timer yeah i'd say i, th- I think so for at this uh point. a generational all-timer maybe i don't know i i, I guess the quick question maybe to d- determine if that's accurate did you did you guys feel like it it held up now it's going on or approaching was almost 14 years um d- definitely parts of it didn't as much but really really strong beginning really strong ending and a bunch of you know interspersed very funny moments in the middle that uh, makes up for any any of uh, if for, i forgive any of the you know um, pitfalls that they that they may not have avoided so yeah i think it's i think it's pretty um pretty damn near perfect jelani there were some parts that just just didn't hit anymore, and I don't know if that's you know akin to like the Apatow influence, where you know some of those movies just don't hit as well as they did when I first saw them. But I mean, it was still fun. There were still like the good parts that I chuckled at and laughed at. Um, I I think I enjoyed the uh, the Fogel scenes with Officer Slater and uh, Michaels a little bit more than I think I did the first time around. Maybe just because of my, you know, appreciation for Bill Hader and uh, <laughs> knowing who he is and what he can do. Uh, I think that helped a little bit. Yeah, there were some parts where it's just like, I get why that's there. But, um, you know, when we talk about Booksmart, I think I've, I enjoyed that one a little bit more. And maybe because it was the first time I saw it, too. Yeah. So I think you guys both kind of collectively describe yeah. my opinion on it. And it is, I definitely, there were some lulls that I found myself almost like, oh, I, yeah, I kind of, kind of nothing totally. here. Like I, where I feel like I remember it being, I think if you asked me, I'd be like, oh, it's last, you'll laugh nonstop it's, from start exactly. to finish. And that not was the case. not yeah. the case, but there were just some fantastic lines and like, I thought the performances were fantastic and like the chemistry on screen was fantastic. Like there was a lot to like, and I agree with you, Jelani. Like I, I did find myself really 
enjoying like the Fogel and cop scenes. Um, and I, don't, I think I remember thinking they were funny, but for some reason that it did stand out to me um, kind of the same way. And I don't know that I liked it more, but I actually did. I, I It's funny. I had the ver- a very similar thought. I'm like, I think I kind of enjoyed this week, enjoyed watching Booksmart more because it was new. And I, I was kind of macro thinking about my movie watching and even TV watching. And it's like, yeah, I don't rewatch a lot of stuff. Like I, I tend to like to just watch something new it's like it's fun to see something you haven't seen before so i don't think it's better but i definitely kind of this week particularly enjoyed it a little bit more because it was completely fresh and it was funny i mean it was enjoyable for sure um and definitely took some took some uh ideas and yeah. uh and themes from from the super bad movie but i yeah it's funny you guys i think as an encapsulation you, you guys nailed it and uh, you guys talk about the the scenes with mclovin and and the cops and yeah i remember not loving that so, so much the first time um watching it and and this time didn't didn't do much more for me uh, although i do like to your point i do appreciate bill Hader, and i was i think i was hoping that he was like somehow hilarious in this and i missed that before <laughs> but that uh, it wasn't wasn't really the case so maybe i just like built it up too much being like oh yeah bill haters in this part like it's going to be a er- nice early role for him but um but i i do appreciate uh, i think christopher mintz plus however you say his name mclovin's i think you nailed that <laughs> <got it. laughs> his uh his character and the mclovin character a lot more i mean i i just found him like super annoying and frustrating the first yeah. time and and this time just because i know <laughs> know that of him I, I i think i i think he was a lot more endearing to me <laughs> so i th- and that's what i think uh, kind of what i look like to Pinocchio. i think <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go put my vest in my locker i i think that like consistently on screen like whatever character combination they had the chemistry was really really good like the jonah hill michael sarah combo Perfection. platter is off the charts yeah. good and i think a lot of that has to do with both of them really like coming into their own i mean they're both fresh and younger i mean i think some people probably would say they get tired of the michael stick after it's like he doesn't do a lot but what he does he does really right. well yeah and i like it it's really good i still nailed think it. he, he you're, hits a yeah, home you're run, nailing but... your description right now i agree <laughs> <laughs> and jonah hills obviously he's gone on to become you know a lot better actor over the years and I just think consistently, no matter how you did it, like even you get Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, you get Bill Hader and Seth Rogen together. Like just every time there was like a pairing, it just seemed like they really had great on-screen chemistry. Yeah. And I mean, Jonah Hill, this is the first big thing. I I know he was in, was it Undeclared or Accepted? Or first like. Was that that movie? Accepted. Accepted. I mean, he was even even real real big. big. But this was like, yeah, his first big lead. And I think everyone just loved, loved this character. And he's pretty much playing from what I understand, right, Seth Rogen, like Seth Rogen wrote this with his friend Evan, um, Evan Goldberg, right. and, and he's playing Seth, like Seth Rogen, yes. and, and just the, his, his energy at ev- in every scene is just so over the top, and you'd never seen that from, like, from any character or actor like this, that, yeah, it was very, very fresh at the time, and yeah, it's still, that, that's, the, to me, the, the biggest, I think, kind of triumph of this movie is, is, uh, is watching Jonah Hill just completely be be an awesome character well i think you he i think he reflects what you talked about the first time you watched it when you really like kind of hate mclovin and he just like detests <laughs> mclovin and or fogel or, or you know and so like don't you like you really just latch onto that and you're just like the first time you see him he's like i 
don't tell him about the party. And like, they just want, like, you need to leave. And you're like, yeah, fuck this kid. His interaction <laughs> with the teachers, like, I just home, like, it's not a real class. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I keep swearing. What's the last day? I'm just like, everything about him is so spastic and good. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It, it, it definitely put him on an upper trajectory. And then, yeah, the, Michael Sarah playing Michael Sarah. Um, it's just a great counterpoint to them. And you could see that they would be good, you know, really, really good buddies. They didn't seem like caricatures of like somebody. They seemed like fresh characters. Right. And I think part of, like you said, with Jonah Hill was he wasn't doing it to be like the comic relief. You just, you can understand that that's his personality. Like he's, you know, the ultimate tryhard. Like he's, he's got to do, he's got to impress everybody. He's got to show everybody that he's good enough. And then, you know, things just fall flat in his face. Like, when they're walking out and the kid spits on him in the very beginning and he's just like, you left me there. He's like, what did you want me to do? Like <laughs> jump in front of the spit? Like I'm not going to do that. I, I did enjoy, you know, again, his, his play and, and his character and, and how he portrayed it. But yeah. And then with Michael Sarah again, it was, he always had that quiet, like the quiet quips that he would come in and play. Like when he was on the phone with Becca and they're in the car and his phone keeps breaking up and he's just so fixated on how bad the phone is that he's not paying attention to what he's saying. <laughs> Slap this bitch. <laughs> Should, wait, what? <laughs> it's, he, he's just yeah, great. He's, I was just going to say there, the whole, the whole concept of like this, you had like the uh, American pie uh, in like 99. That was like right when I graduated high school. And, you know, similar to me, like a similar kind of like end of, end of the year everyone's trying to get laid kind of story but this is just done in such a better way um and and i and i agree like the chemistry between each of the the pairings um between emma stone and seth and, and jonah hill's character and michael Sarah and becca and even even um mclovin you know uh who's who got the farthest of anybody like i just <laughs> i just thought that was it was really well done how they how they did each each of those like scenes and how e- each one had like a real it just seemed more like a, like a very much real real life scenario, like how things might play out for the for those characters and the people that they like. Well, and that's I you know just I, you know you mentioned Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg uh, writing it, and it was I mean it was the like the when when uh, Michael Sarah's describing to Becca like like what they do on the weekends, you know, like they're going to clubs and stuff, and then they're kind of kind of running that simultaneously with what they were yeah. actually doing. Uh, like that was like beat by beat um, of like what. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and their friend Sam Fogle did when they were in high school. Oh, Fogle's uh, real it too. Was, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> that all they didn't straight they didn't stray too far on the names. <laughs> <laughs> like let's not mix something up that we know. I love that doing. part when Becca's like, "Oh, I thought you maybe you'd be going to a nightclub or something." <laughs> and the girl in the car is like, "What? What are you talking about? <laughs> what?" <laughs> yeah, we got right in. I think you also feel for the feel for them because like even with American Pie, like. They had the four guys and they were all friends, right? And they had like a, a crew and they weren't the ones that were getting like laughed at and, you know, made fun of. Like they were able to hold their own in the school. But, you know, with uh, Seth and Evan, they're just like, yeah, these guys, they have nothing. Like except for each other, right? That's, each other. That's all they have, right? And so for them to finally get their, you know, become the like the life of the party and, and you know, be the people that everybody's looking forward to seeing and things like that. You're like, all right, yeah, like they finally got they got to the point where everybody wants to be. Yeah, yeah. Seth walking into the party with all the booze and she's like, oh, the hero Seth. And they're like, who's Seth? And he's like, me, I'm Seth. Like, <laughs> yeah, you love that because that's exactly what that character, he would just relish that moment and not, not shrink away from it. Yeah, and he, you know, it's, they talked about it, it's like their last chance 
you know, like high school's over. They've really made no impact on a social scene. And we will hit that theme again here later on yeah. in the episode. Um, but they, yeah, they're, they're trying to take advantage of it. And obviously they end up having like a night of nights that is, it doesn't compare to anybody's story, you know, across the board in, in terms of what they did to get the booze, to get to the party and then, you know, to kind of live it up at the moment. And then, you know, like for Seth thinking his whole thing is that him and him and Emma Stone are going to get drunk. And she's like, I'm not, I don't drink. No, you're, you're wasted. <laughs> What did you guys think of uh, Jolo, Jolo Trulio coming in? He 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 doesn't hurt any scene he's in. I'm 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 on I'm on Team Jolo. So you guys on MySpace? Or... <laughs> Why'd you guys sit up here? No, we're fine in the back. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, it's small. He walks in and starts, you know, to the party, and clearly is uh, not meant to be there. <laughs> it uh, it's just a great scene. There's just a lot of people. And there's a lot of people in that party. I don't know if you saw Danny McBride like in the background, like totally no lines, just like a, a random back guy, a guy in the backdrop. And you got oh shoot, what's his name? He's in a bunch of the Apatow comedies. Dark hair, Martin Starr goes back. Yeah, yes, I did see him. And he he doesn't ha- he doesn't have a lot to do, but he's got his you know he's looking cool you know in the bedroom doing uh, yeah. doing coke he's in freak, and freaks and geeks with Seth Rogen as well. Freaks and geeks, yeah. yeah. Sorry, but the biggest, like the biggest appearance that I just about jumped out of my uh, my chair was was seeing Clark Duke. <laughs> you guys, oh yeah. One of you guys noticed because you put it in the notes. It was uh, I I threw it right in those notes because I was pumped to see. Clark I went Duke. to I, I went to write it in random. and and I saw that it was already there. Exactly how you wrote it, like exclamation point Clark Duke. I was like, yeah. I thought he was just going to be randomly like in passing, just a guy at, like at the party, and I was like, ah, Clark Duke, and then he ended up having like a line. Yeah. Uh, you know, later, and I was like, "Yeah, cool, good for you, Clark Duke." <laughs> yeah, him and him and Sarah, I think, did a web series like after after this. I didn't realize he was in this. I, I didn't. That's probably how they. How oh, they, really? How they like knew each other? <laughs> it's really funny. For all those of you who've listened before, we uh, we're on Team Clark Duke after uh, Hot Top Time, Time Machine. Yep. Some people don't like Clark Duke. I've discovered, but <laughs> go deep on t- TikTok, and you you might find someone who doesn't understand why he's in anything. <laughs> be really pissed when he rewatches Superman, <laughs> but it was uh it was it was it was awesome i i mean i i really did enjoy watching it and i d- there were a lot of subtle honestly a lot of michael Sarah like subtle lines like, I, he just makes me laugh like that's that's a brand of comedy that i very much am drawn to so uh dry humor and just his delivery is i still think just nails it but they uh it was really fun to rewatch it it's been a, it's been a hot minute for me so I was just going to go ahead and uh, bring up some of the music. Like, I didn't write down any of the songs, but I did like how, like, you know, when, when they were getting off the bus, they had the, I think it was Rick James that was playing because he was dressing his the dad's clothes and just, <laughs> like, old school 70s, just, like, trying to keep cool and, and play that up. I definitely didn't know. Like, I, I never noticed that before that he was wearing, that's why he was wearing those clothes. So that was, it was, uh, um, <laughs> Evan's dad's, Sarah's yeah, dad's, dad's clothes, which is just dead. added to my enjoyment. Though. I always wondered why he was wearing that. Well, like, it's like, why are your shirt. shirts so small? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like half your size. <laughs> it was, uh, it was great. Actually, the combo platter of Seth wearing like '70s stuff and then running and meeting up with uh, Fogel, who's who comes out essentially wearing '70s stuff with like a massive collared yes. shirt over a oh, with a vest over the top, and you're like, good lord, these kids are trying and. And meanwhile, uh, Evan's just like wearing a zipped up, the exact same clothes he was wearing to school. Yep. 
It's from, you know, but it means a lot it's to him. It's from the thrift store. <laughs> vintage store. Uh, there were some other ones, though, Jelani. I, and I, same thing on the on the music. It was like, it was very thematic. Yes. It, it like was like getting hyped up for like a scene. And it, I, I wish I would have done a little bit more uh, homework on it as well. But they definitely tied it in. I mean, it wasn't necessarily songs you would know, but it's just the language of the, the words and the songs tied into like what was about to happen or what was happening yes yeah it very much set the scene for what you were about to experience so thanks for saying it better <laughs> <laughs> so i kind of had a feeling going into it and just remembering it that it was very much like a you know like an american pie like hey we want to get teenage kids teenage boys specifically to come watch this and and see it and you know as you watch it towards the end you're kind of like all right, like, yeah, I get these, what their end goal is to be, but, you know, they kind of flipped it, like, with Jules, who doesn't drink, and so she's not going to just hook up with some random drunk kid. Or when Michael, Sarah's, uh, and Becca are trying to get together, and he's like, yeah, I don't know if we really want to do this because you're not in the right headspace. Like, I was like, all right, well, at least they thought about that, right? And, like, didn't take advantage of the situation or, you know, just because they wanted, you know, something for them. They just like, it didn't feel right for them. And totally. so they just kept it moving. I told, I totally agree with you. Like I, I was going to, I was going to say there are some like maybe questionable or problematic lines by Seth in, early on in the movie, but like they seem to resolve those with, through the, you know, through by the end. That's why, that's why I said like the beginning is hilarious, but yeah, you're kind of like, there's some cringe things that he says, but then by the end, yes, they, they, they definitely get some feminist points and, uh, and kind of resolve it all in a really <laughs> nice way. And Michael Sarah's a bit, a big part of that or Evan's character, right? When he's just like to respecting women, <laughs> he does his cheers for it. And yeah, he, he definitely, you know, really likes Becca and the whole time he's just trying to tell her how much he likes her and doesn't feel comfortable. And I, I like that. Yeah. They, that none of them, that they didn't, really succeed in their goals but they got a much better thing in the end like they and i didn't notice it before but um when they wake up next to each other it's kind of you know after they profess their love to each other when they were drunk that that's kind of what that was kind of like the awkward you know the awkward morning after hookup thing and they're like oh well i guess i'm not i guess i'm not really doing anything want to get some breakfast or want to go to the mall i want to get some breakfast and I, i didn't really pick up on that before but and like and then seth is has to throw out your mom's tits are great or something right like cause you just, you just can't stand the awkwardness that they told each other we love each other so i i just think yeah it gets it gets kind of uh, it gets kind of good points i think for for having that kind of uh, a, a good you know um wrap up ending and um some char- you know character development or character progress uh character arcs there you go that's the word i'm looking for yeah, I mean it was a long written script. I mean, I think they they said they started it uh, when they were like technically when they were like thirteen years old, and so they it continually grew. And I'm sure some of that was some of that development you talked about, you know, and whether it's whether it was tested, and you know, and they were told you're gonna really need to <laughs> to maybe not be so chauvinistic and like male dominated uh point of view you're gonna have to kind of add whatever the reason yeah, whoever, was whoever did it at the it end. came to a very good Correct. blend yeah i mean and i think to your point they, they probably stuck a little bit more to the vision early on and then they rounded it out with a little bit more perspective and and someone else kind of guiding that into um into a better all-around movie for everybody you know everyone I to think, watch i think the title is very indicative of that it's 13 year olds that wrote it and they're probably like insistent like, like no we've been talking about making a movie called super bad since we were 13 and we're just sticking with that title no matter what and they were like i can't believe this well, movie's getting made i uh i saw 
they uh, the word uh, fuck is used 176 times, and the movie itself is only 113 minutes long, with an average approximately 1.6 use of the word per minute. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't 84 even... of them by Seth. I guess, yeah, <laughs> I do that. I guess you didn't even notice. You do become yeah, you numb, numb to, to it because I wouldn't have. I wouldn't point. have guessed that many. Like you know, one per minute. Even myself, definitely no uh, no stranger to dropping it at a high percentage. Sometimes, um, I didn't think there were that many. Like I, I think I was numb to the <laughs> numb to them, and just like I was like, "Whoa, really?" And then I was like, oh, "Yeah, there were a bunch." Because at some point, you're like, "Well, I mean, are they literally just dropping it in every sentence? How how is it possible they get to that point?" But you know, it they did. I feel like Jonah Hill like batched a bunch of them like he he was like 86 of them yeah i feel like there were parts when he just (laughs) let him go in like a a rapid succession you know (laughs) like 10 in a minute he cleared off some space for everybody else (laughs) exactly (laughs) it was funny it's great i i it's i was happy that it was a good rewatch i i we we already touched on it so we don't need to dive back into it but it it didn't it wasn't like 100% 100% as good as I thought, but it was really enjoyable to rewatch, and I definitely had a lot of fun going back down it. And I'm remembering a bunch of it, but definitely forgetting some parts, too. I was happy that we uh, decided to laugh a little bit. Yeah. yeah. How much did you guys laugh at Booksmart? So this is this is my second time watching it, and I, I, I think that's... I, I Yeah, you were the one that yeah. brought it up, and I had never even heard yeah, it. I recommended it, because I, I didn't... I just found out recently, though, that that was... Um, that the main um, actress is um, uh, Jonah Hill's sister, Beanie... Beanie yeah, Feldstein. Beanie, Beanie Feldstein, um, which I just thought... I mean, because I had always heard of it as, you know, super bad with, with girls, and it does kind of... To me, it starts out the same way. There's very... Uh, you know, a lot of similarities, just in a, a little bit different way. Like these, these girls have been working on studying their whole time in, in high school, so this is like their last chance to party. Whereas in Superbad, it was you know they were just been messing around the whole time, but never really been cool. Yeah. They were just kind of like the, the the dorky kids that hung out with themselves. But yeah, when I watched it the first time, I thought it was I just thought it was hilarious. I mean, from the opening scene, and, and this time again on the rewatch, when they start dancing and coming out of the, when she's <laughs> dancing coming out of her uh, her house, and then um, her friend, I forget her name, the character's name, gets out of the car and starts dancing. I was just, I was in right from the get-go. Um, so yeah, I, I, what'd you guys think on, on the first viewing? I would thought it was hilarious. I there's there's one part where I literally had to pause and rewind because I was laughing so hard and I just like fell out of my chair. But yeah, I just like I liked how like they played it up with you know again they're 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 book book nerds and they're doing all this studying to get to like all these different levels and like oh I'm trying to be successful and I'm trying to go up and above and separate myself from everybody else when you know they that uh, scene where they come out and they're like where are you going to college and everybody's like oh i'm going to stanford or i'm going to georgetown like what sorry it was my fifth choice harvard <laughs> and she just don't hate me she just like snaps and it's like yeah she's done all this work to try and like separate herself from you know separate the wheat from the chaff or you know to rise above the the, the rest of the people and and they all, they're all at the same like I I was dying at that part. I thought that was actually a really phenomenal line uh, written in the movie. The when she was doing that and and she kind of gets pissed at the girl and she's like, "You guys don't even care about school." And like, "No, we just don't only care about school." And that is the perfect description of like the harsh reality of what uh, Molly 
uh, Beanie Feldstein's yeah. character is discovering is you're right. Like their whole thing was like, we aren't going to do anything to cause any damage and focus on school, get to go to the good schools. And like, there's other routes, you know, like some kids don't have to literally devote their entire life to studying. And that was the slap in the face that I, I thought that was so well done yeah. across the board. Um, and I, 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 so I really, I said, I really liked this movie. I found it, I enjoyed watching it more this week than I did super bad for that reason, just cause it was so new and it was, just, it was good. That should tell you that it's good just because we're talking about a really, a classic movie in super bad. And I, so yeah, I thought it was entertaining kind of throughout. Mary actually watched it with me. I kind of described it as like a, a girl's version of like super bad type of thing. So I actually really like Caitlin Deaver. Yeah. Who is the other lead? Uh, Amy. What do you know her from? And uh, Justified yes, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> show TV show Justified. The Raylan. Yeah. Games. So I well, sh- she also was in uh, small ro- role in Short Term Twelve, which we talked yeah. about when we were talking about that was Lakeith uh, Stanfield's like yep. intro uh, as well. So like they both are young and you know kids in that movie. Um, and she's also I think Jelani, you or your wife has watched Unbelievable on Netflix. Yep. And she's in that, and I was like, I, that she contributed to me wanting to watch that because I was like, I really. So this girl, she was so good and justified really good. <laughs> um, as a very young, a young child actor. So I was really pumped to see her be kind of the lead in this. And uh, yeah, you said Jonah Hill's sister, who I saw hasn't really done a lot, but I think we're going to be hearing from her more. She's going to be Monica Lewinsky in the uh, upcoming uh, the the anthology yeah. that. No, no, it's the it's, FX one, the one they did, like the People versus OJ Simpson, okay. and then they're doing one on the Clinton scandal, yeah. and she's Monica Lewinsky in it. So I imagine her. I have a feeling we're going to hear her name uh, coming soon. So we're just ahead of the curve here. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I think she was yes. in something, another movie that kind of got press, but it was it's kind of another one of these where it's like a you know a character that's overlooked by everybody, and then you know changes her what's appearance. What's really crazy is if. It's the only person I've ever seen so far. Her known for on IMDb is only one movie long, and it isn't this one. It's not Booksmart? <laughs> wow. No, which is actually crazy to me. She's apparently in Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. So, yeah, I don't uh, I don't fully know <laughs> why, I, I, how that happened, but, uh, yeah. I'm anyway. Glad, I'm glad you guys liked it because as, as I was rewatching it, I, I totally forgot about the drug scene where they turn into Barbie dolls. And I didn't know if you, I didn't know uh, if you guys would be like that was weird. Yeah, I didn't know if you guys would like hate that and just be like, "This movie sucks, Martin. Why'd you pick it?" I thought that was weird, but they I felt like they kind of saved it towards the end, like because Caitlin Deaver's character like fully embraced like her yeah. body, <laughs> and I thought I thought they kind of saved it with the humor, yeah. but totally it, it it had a chance to to derail it for derail me for sure right. i'm glad glad i'm not off fight, what i thought fight through yeah. that <laughs> fight through that if you're watching right. the movie you will uh you'll be it will be you will be rewarded uh through uh, later in the movie so um we talked about the stars but like there's some awesome uh yeah, cameos big... oh you know we should probably we should probably mention our director her directorial debut yeah olivia wilde and i and i i want to s- mention her first just because uh I don't think she started dating anyone from this movie, like her current move, but uh, she she did put her boyfriend, her husband at the time, in the movie. Yeah, I didn't put yeah. that together at, when I when I first watched it. I didn't realize that that's why Jason Sudeikis was in it. But yeah, he's the principal slash captain. I mean, you don't know why, for sure why he's in it, but he is, you know, it might have been a favor. <laughs> 
But uh, so I'm a big fan of Jessica Williams too I, from yeah, The Daily Show. I, I love Jessica Williams, and and this is the only movie I've, I've seen her, and I thought she did great. Yeah. And uh, Will Forte is for me just does not disappoint um, <laughs> on screen. So I'm a big uh, and he didn't have a lot to do here, but man, I just I just think he's hilarious. So Kudrow, Lisa Kudrow. Did you guys know, John? I'm assuming you looked it up. Who J- Jared the, uh, Nick? Oh. Was the guy that uh, she that uh, Bonnie, Beanie Felstein was like infatuated with? Yeah, I I looked it up after after I watched the movie when I was scrolling through the cra- the cast and I told Jen who it was and I was, she was like, "What?" So Martin, just in case you didn't know, there's uh, several of the actors in the movie are uh, children and or relatives of other Hollywood people, like Beanie Felstein you already yeah. mentioned, sister of Jonah Hill, uh, Nick, the guy she was trying to get with at the party, Mason Gooding is son of actor Cuba Gooding oh, Jr. Oh no way, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> is that what Cuba's um, been doing, raising his raising his kid? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Molly Gordon, who was Triple uh, A, Annabelle. Is the daughter of screenwriter Jesse Nelson and TV director Brian Gordon, who I'm gonna admit don't, don't know, know either, either of those people. Yeah. But uh, Gigi, who I'm gonna say maybe came close to stealing this movie, is the daughter of Agent Brian Lord and Carrie Fisher. I've I've seen her before in other stuff. I can't tell you what exactly, but you really liked her her character. I thought she was. I thought they just. I don't know. I just. I liked it. She just kept I showing do like up. That bit just where appearing. They were like, eh. They're like, no, no way you could be here ahead of like before of us, and you're just you're here. How already. are you not soaking wet? <laughs> Everything she did was just like, what in the hell? And like, I just. I don't know. I just found it really, really amusing. So, Martin, you may know her. I wouldn't have pulled it, but she's apparently in multiple Star Wars movies. Oh. I saw that too. I, that's what I was. Maybe. Lieutenant Connors. Yes, that's that's. I have seen her in Star Wars. Yep. That's right. I'm just saying, you knowing her yeah. and being the daughter of Carrie Fisher, yeah. I'm sure had no play whatsoever <laughs> nothing, nothing there. there. But, uh, <laughs> um, what about Diana Silvers yeah. as Hope? Hope, um, did you, attractive. Did you guys? Did you have you seen her? I had to look up her IMDb, but I I recognized her. I was like, where have I seen her before? I didn't. She, she did look familiar, familiar but, but I, I didn't. Look I looked her up. it up too, but I couldn't. Th- I didn't think it was anything that I saw. Have you seen Ava with Jessica Chastain? Not yet. No. And Malkovich. Yes, I did. She is Colin Farrell's daughter. Uh, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. How have you never done that before? The Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> right. I feel like you should have done that many times. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong, Martin. But uh, yeah, that's totally. The thing that I liked about this was just it was again it's the it's the teen comedy, but there's it's so expansive and it just shows you how much high school has changed. From like everything when uh, when they're at the party. Well, I'm gonna say it was a dramatization, but uh, you're not wrong. I think high school has changed in our time away. But. Yeah, but they're at the party, and she's like, "Oh, I'm glad that you came out." And Caitlin Deaver's like, "Yeah, I've been out since sophomore year." And she's like, "No, <laughs> came out to the party." <laughs> um, well, she and she kind of had the same. That was so. That was a very throwback, uh, super bad vibe. Like the whole dynamic of like, "Oh, I, you guys." don't come out you don't do you don't come out to the parties you don't do anything and they're like oh yeah no we do stuff like it they didn't you know like they were seth and and evan (laughs) essentially but yes in terms of what you were saying in terms of coming out the uh i thought they did a really good job with that and i think i read that it wasn't supposed to be that way and they ended up changing it later and i think that was awesome an awesome dynamic yeah but yeah i I I, I think i i think i know what you're trying to say jelani it's like it, it does seem like 
all these kids are are pretty impressive, right? Like that they are, you know, not only are they having fun and and partying, but they're also getting really good grades and they're they're doing all the like and everyone seems kind of inclusive. I don't know if that's like they're just not they're not judging each other for like a lot of the same stuff. There's not a lot of you know, there's some, I guess, they talk about the name calling and calling her AAA, but, you know, but they address that. They address that. And she's like, what really hurt is that when other girls started saying that to me and they obviously like are going to maybe have a relation, uh, a friendship now in, in, in Yale, um, at Yale. But I, but I think all that made me like it a little bit more too, because they, they did have a lot of like heart and everyone just seemed uh, just more enlightened. Like it makes, make, it gives you hope for kind of like the newer generation, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It sound like an old man, but <laughs> uh, I think I think you hit it on the head. I think not only were you know people more inclusive, people were like, yeah, we got good grades, but we also had fun. But also, people were kind of sure of who they were. Yeah. I think that's the thing that you see in a lot of teen comedies is like, well, you haven't figured out who you are or who you're supposed to be, and it was like, yeah, we kind of know who we are. We we've got you know our things that we like and the things that we do, and. You know, we just see that, you know, it doesn't align with what everybody else is doing. And that's where we feel left out. And that's where we feel that separation. But, you know, like you said, they didn't want they weren't judgy. They weren't, you know, you know, harassing anybody for who they are. Oh, weren't they yeah, a little bit in the back, bathroom? I'm saying, like they're not they're not very um, literally harassing. Yeah, but they also were saying, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess they were being mean, I mean but they were also, you know, one the one guy was was trying to be kind of nice about it too. But I, I don't know. I know, I know what you're saying, uh, but that's a yeah thin line. <laughs> <laughs> but it still seemed like it seemed like, but she didn't really care about that. There's like there was like this l- less of a feeling of, hey, I want to change to fit in, and more of more a feeling of this is who I am, and I'm going to continue to be totally. who I am. And I think that that's what I, that's what I'm trying to trying to hit on, which just seems more hopeful yeah. to me. Yeah, I would say that is ideally that would be the way that it would be. Yeah, I'm gonna just consider myself not convinced that that's, that's how that's uh, reality. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only that's reality I say is, and across the board, and especially as I watch our entire culture become more divisive, it just I was trying. I find it hard to believe that there's going to be a better sense of inclusion in. 10 years for my kids in high school then see i i see evidence of it already like in 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 collins yeah yeah, in in my 10 year olds world like they all seem to take care of each other a little bit more and 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 are more accepting of kind of everybody there's less like there's less worry about uh about being called a name like if you show emotion you know if you're crying or anything like that and i know i get it they're still young there's still time for junior high i'm sure it's gonna be bad yeah it's gonna get the harsh part but but there are (laughs) there's just a lot of a lot more uh, with acceptance with with any type of. I hope yeah, you're right. It's just it's just I'm seeing like I'm seeing hope for it in 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 kids and then in these movies as well. So that's that's all I'm trying to trying to convey. I definitely think that's the ideal. Um, but I yeah I'll just I'm gonna be a skeptic <laughs> on it just because I think there is just too much like I said too much hate and the you know I think that there's plenty of articles and stories out there about how hard it is for kids in the like you know the instagram facebook era in terms of likes and you know there's a lot of online vitriol that is inescapable and and, you know unfortunately leads to some really bad stuff happening for some kids so i I want i would love the idyllic situation where it's like yes everyone you first of all i do think you should be able to be yourself and i think that is true to a degree i mean i think you know, I think back to growing up in small town Iowa, like, 
you know, there were probably a couple like kids who were gay who definitely weren't out and who definitely got made fun of all the time because everyone pretty much they acted like it and they and and now i th- i think the stories i've heard there are people that are actively mm-hmm. out that's not a, that's and like that's great that's the way it should be right you know but it's just i don't know it's hard to envision the ideal situation yeah and and again maybe that's just, again you know the the goal of the movie right is to kind of give you a glimpse into an idyllic idyllic future idyllic Definitely idyllic. I think I think it was definitely with that uh, Jared character, right? Like, I mean, he, he definitely had nobody at his party. He was trying to buy friends, but but he still, you know, he wasn't. <laughs> so it wasn't really like really this, funny. He wasn't like this, um, you know, caricature of a nerd character or anything like that. He was. He just was. I don't know. Somebody that tried tried too hard, right? Like like we said, maybe with tried yeah, too tried hard, hard and it wasn't really working. But he did end up getting the girl at the end. So it's like. Yeah, he wasn't going to change just to just to change. You know, he was still a, a good person, and and I think that's that was. Fortunately, cool. he was loaded. Yeah, right. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> Doesn't hurt to have money. <laughs> you get to be yourself when you're loaded. The uh, I, I I definitely liked him, and I just thought they did a really good job of kind of tying it all together in terms of we kind of talked about that was super bad and the character arcs of them kind of going through all of it. Obviously, you know, Amy. Caitlin Deaver gets to gets to be the hero, um, uh, much like uh, McLovin. McLovin did, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> except one one was a fake arrest, the other one was an actual arrest. But um, but yeah, right. I thought I thought that was a nice parallel too. And so yeah, you get these kids that who haven't done anything and who haven't been out in the parties and who are essentially looked at kind of like social pariahs. And it comes to graduation and like you know. One of them's a hero yeah. for a day. She's like, the one that got know, arrested. Uh, Everyone, si- there's always somebody that gets arrested the night before graduation. <laughs> it's you. Side note: I paused the movie right as uh, Beanie Feldstein was walking in, so I could go make another margarita. Right as she was walking into the uh, police station, and we had just laughed really hard because she like she saw the poster that I saw yeah. when she walked by, and I started laughing. And I was like, ah! And I looked at Mary, and then she, the, the 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 comeback in the scene, like a wide-eyed bewilderment and so i was in the i was in there making a margarita i walked in i was like i totally know how they're getting her out <laughs> and i nailed it <laughs> i was 100 100 spot on and uh i don't know what her plan was prior to seeing that i would think there would be a bail the situation involved but <laughs> yeah or a bond and you like put something out for it yeah but nonetheless, I thought that was actually really funny. And uh, that dude, I think I remember him from like Saturday Night Live, the guy who played the pizza man. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, nothing nothing big, but I remember him kind of being a bit player. And uh, I thought that was really, really funny. The whole thing. Yeah, was that really whole funny. scene in the in his in his pizza delivery in the car was great. He's just like, no, don't trust strangers. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but that's why it's even funnier down the yes. at, towards the end. Yes. And I actually thought I actually thought it was really funny the way they did their hair to like block their face. I don't know why I thought that was like really like clever and hilarious. <laughs> their masks were their hair. The intro to that scene is one of my one of the songs that I just I'm loving right now is that "Come Down" by Anderson Pac. Is that's the song that's oh, everything playing? Everything he does is good. Uh, as they get to the pizzeria, and uh, I love that. And then also when they uh, towards the end when they play "Run the Jewels." And they they stole the car, or did they steal? Uh, no, they Jared's took Jared's car? car. They just he he gave it yeah, to him. I don't think they stole yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's doing the he's talking while they're gone. So so I had a question, a 
I actually did want to bring up the soundtrack, yeah. and uh, we talked about it in the uh, Super Bad. The did you guys know who did the soundtrack for this? I saw it. Or did you uh, see? I saw it at the end. Dan the Automator. Dan yeah. the Automator. Yeah, which I thought was uh, obviously obviously that name will catch your attention, but I, especially if you know who he is. And I thought he did a really good job. I thought the music was really solid throughout. Anderson Pox, like Jelani, to your point, I, I I'm a fan. I, and, yes, uh, I agree. I um, there were so. There were two songs that I looked up that I hadn't heard before that I was like, oh, I'm going to add these to my my playlist because they when they were going when she was in the pool and then another time there was another song. The pool scene was yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I and and they're so they're not the songs that you mentioned. So you mentioned two other songs and we talked about that. So like it definitely had a lot of good music. Um, and I I don't always did you do look that. up uh, "You Ought to Know" by Alanis Morissette. <laughs> 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 um, but we, you know we didn't talk about this with uh uh this part that part in Super Bad. But when he's singing, these eyes are cry. Oh my God. I love these ass. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's his cousin. He's the singer. I thought that that whole scene just uh, just cracked me up. But, but it's really funny. It's so random. It's so random it's that he would like... pick that song. It's like super hard to sing and do without music. And that's why it's funny that they're doing the do 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 do. And it's high pitch. Yeah, <laughs> goes up a key, an octave. Let me know if I'm crazy. Were there at least one or two songs that were like covers of bigger songs? Uh, maybe. I feel like I should have done a better job of taking note on it because yeah, I I heard one I swear I heard one and I was like I've thought this before in other movies and it feels like movies will take the cheaper way out and they'll take like the cover version or they'll do someone else's version of like a classic song I assume the royalties are significantly lower uh, to <laughs> to do the cover version and I felt like I heard one in this movie and it like triggered that uh, that idea in my head again and I wanted to bring it up so that we could. Yeah, you know, no, I not, I not discuss it deep. <laughs> probably probably be helpful if I had a literal example. Yeah. Um, no, but I like <laughs> I like when they do that because when it's like a a, a cover of a, of a popular song and d- done in a new way, it usually just makes it seem not seem like an old movie. You know, like then then you just like it feels feels fresher, and that's probably why you like it because <laughs> you like new movies. I definitely like. I mean, I do like it, but there there's times I also feel like they're serving. Um, the side of them where they're like well it's not going to cost us a lot of money if we do this person's version of it uh instead of the original you know, yeah. paying paying for the the actual uh the actual song but um i don't know i was just curious clearly it did not uh this topic did not go over like i thought it would <laughs> what do you guys think of the uh the thespians the uh the theater <laughs> <laughs> theater people uh interesting I, just, I thought the I thought the one guy was was just hilarious. How he was just like always in a bad mood. The, the main yeah. dude. Oh he yeah, just always in a bad mood and everything, and just snapping back at everybody. And then when he when he took when he took over um, the speech at the end, she does her valedictorian speech, and he's like, "She went over. I will not be giving up any any of my time." <laughs> I just I just lost it. <laughs> That's the one thing like I think I enjoyed about this movie a little bit more than. Uh, super bad because i just feel like they went to those different like crazy events in the night right they went to the the dinner party because they went to that one by mistake or they went to jared's boat you know because he took them there (laughs) they went to the pizza the pizza place and then they had to like go to the library and figure out how to get to the party and figure all this stuff out like i think they went on more of an adventure more of like the quest you know versus in super bad it was kind of like all right we got one sidetracked party and then you know we rented the cops and then we're ending up at the place where we wanted to be but i feel like he kind of glossed over the adventure they went on in super bad but 
I mean, there was a parallel, right? There were two different, <laughs> like there was, there was yes. um, uh, McLovin's Odyssey, and then you had Seth and Seth and Evan, kind of a different one at the party with right. Joe Trulio. But yeah, it all, it all, that's and that's that's what, yeah. I think the the middle maybe was stronger of this, where they had like three distinct parties, and and they had it was like yeah. a it was like a more linear, I guess, plot in that sense. And like like we said in Superbad, maybe they lost a little bit of, a, of it in the middle, but um, but yeah, finished strong in both. In both movies, I think, and yeah, this one definitely ended really well too. And like even like the last scene, like I thought was great. It's like you knew something was coming, you just didn't know what. And she just goes, "It's like I have to, I could be the last one on the plane. You want to get some pancakes? Shit, yeah, I want to get pancakes. <laughs> like, it's just great. Uh, just like the same way it started, like just uh, two buddies. Yeah, I, I really just thought that it was really well done. I was very happy that we we combo plattered it. I would encourage anyone who hasn't seen it to to look up Booksmart because it's uh, it's available on Hulu. It uh, is very. I found it very entertaining, especially as a new movie, but also like it just delivered in in its own way. And I was I was disappointed myself for not knowing yeah, about it. I wanted to watch it so bad when it came out. I I actually bought it because I'm like, I, it was the only way I could get it at the time. Like it wasn't available anywhere at, um, when it came out. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll buy this thing. I'm sure it'll be good. Classic. <laughs> as always, thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're currently enjoying this podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Our O-U-R Film Fathers. Thanks, and go to bed. Nobody's gotten a handjob in cargo shorts since Nam. <laughs>